It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, 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 guys, what's going on? It's the Brown Girl from the Brown Girl Experience, and I am back, okay? The Rihanna of podcasting is back. Y'all been asking, like, where the fuck she been? Is she ever going to drop a new episode? And I keep saying, yeah, I'm coming back. Yeah, I'm going to drop something. Yeah, I'm going to do something. But guess what? I am. And it's not just me talking shit behind the mic today. Tonight, I have guests. Not just one guest and not just a lady. I have three men in the virtual studio today, okay? So we're going to talk some shit tonight. Um, I don't know how things are going to go. So full disclaimer, um, these are grown men out here doing grown men things. I cannot stop them. But ladies, hey, girls, I am fully, completely prepared to fall on the sword for us tonight. Even if we're wrong, I'm going to I'm going to defend us to the absolute bone. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce my first guest. Sean, go ahead. <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Sean Watson. Uh, as you can see, Erica refers to me as skinny. Uh, we're childhood friends that go way, way, way back. Um, I'm also an entrepreneur. I own a, a hair store as well as a hair salon in the Philadelphia area called Lizzie Lynn Hair. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Lizzie Lynn Hair. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at uh, Sean Watson. Um, also on TikTok as well, but you know, I don't do really too much on there. Um, so if you want to reach out to me, if I, if I offend anyone, you feel like cursing me out of my inbox, I get that every day. So feel free to uh, inbox me, ladies. Oh, okay. That's funny. Oh, I'm up next. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. Ew, 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 ew. Jackson 1616, man. Uh, creator and host of One Mic Stand. That is my Instagram, Jackson, J-A-X-O-N 1616. The name of the pod is called One Mic Stand. That's the Instagram for that. And also, um, I'm founder of Not Jack's Productions, which is a, a video production company. And he's my videographer. Just FYI. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just putting, that, I, just, I just her, putting that out there. I did her live show, her, her live show, of course. You know what I'm saying? Which that it, it looked amazing. I don't know who I don't know who filmed it. I don't know. You know what this, I'm this guy, this guy over here, Not Jack's Productions. <laughs> it looked great, though. You feel me? <laughs> All right, Lamp, go ahead. Let's bring it home. Hey, um, my name is James Lampkin. I'm the host of the podcast Conversations with Lamp. And my Instagram is conversations underscore with underscore Lamp. All right, y'all. So y'all ready for the topic for today? So tonight's topic is going to be the Kevin Samuels effect. Now, I ain't going to talk about this man because this man is deceased. This man is dead and everything. However, he left a little bit for the culture. And that's the topic tonight. But before we go ahead and get started, I like to loosen my guests up. I like to, to get to see where their mind is going before we even get started. So I know how to treat you later. So I have six cards in front of me. As you guys know, if you've been listening to the show for quite some time, I created a game called Cocktails and Conversations. It is a game based on my podcast. There is no right or wrong answer. It's just to kind of get the conversation started. So I have six cards. Two of the cards are from seductive, seductively speaking, the sex game that I have out. So 
I'm gonna have you guys, you know, collectively purchase it. Oh, of course. Oh, y'all can purchase it off my website, www.browngirlexperience.com. So I'm gonna let you, (laughs) I know, right? I'm gonna let y'all collectively, y'all can decide what number you're gonna pick, one through six. We get, we just choose a number, choose a number. Give me me number one. That's usually probably the best question. Ah, but is it now? So number one, and this is the question for all of y'all, who taught you how to love and what does love look like to you? Mm. I would say my first love, high school crush, my high school sweetheart taught me love, taught me what it felt like, taught me the pain of love as well. Oh. Yeah, it taught me the pain of love, but also taught me uh, the things that I look for in a woman, mm-hmm. the things that I like, you know, the, the, the things that I like to dislike. Um, the friendship, you know, uh, the friendship that comes with love, how dope it is. Um, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, my first love was probably the first one that taught me what love really was. Everything okay. else was infatuations. So what's love look like to you, though? Love is dope. Love is dope. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely hard work, uh, but it's like uh, it's like when you do a job that's really hard and um, at the end of the day, you got the true satisfaction. You know what I mean? That satisfaction you get from doing a, a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. It's uh, it's, it's everything that's in between, between, uh, in between. But when you have someone that you truly, that you true love, and that truly loves you, um, you really know you can really settle in and actually be comfortable with yourself, be comfortable with her, and enjoy, and have a good time. I see you got a dog too. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> So it sounds like for me, it sounds like to me, you said love is comfortable and safe for you. Definitely. Okay. I like that. All right. Who, who else want to tackle that one? You can I'm tackle gonna, that one or you can choose another one. I'm going to say, I, I, I'll fuck with that one. I'm going to say it's the exact opposite for me. Uh, it's not comfortable or safe. For me, my, the experience, my experience personally, like with love, I would say who taught me or what taught me was mm-hmm. my pursuit of uh being a professional baseball player like I lean on athletics a lot I lean mm-hmm. on sports a lot um <clears throat> excuse me and a lot of my experiences with life and just dealing with people and being able to chase things and and never give up and not quit perseverance all the all the cliche shit right like I really learned through that particular pursuit and the first thing I loved was baseball that was the first thing that really taught me what real love really was besides my parents I don't want to use my parents because I just feel like that's a kind of like low hanging fruit. Uh, but because love from parents is unconditional, but my relationship and my love with baseball is like, I think that's more parallel to what real love for people who aren't related to you actually is because you could put your everything into it. And sometimes it just don't love you back. Mm. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? And, but you still kind of go off of, you still have to give your all. If you don't, like, if you don't give your all, it's 100% not going to work. But even if you do give your all, you still don't have a 100% chance of it working. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you get what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, that was one of the biggest lessons that it taught me. It's like, if you want it to work, you got to go all in. But just because you go all in don't mean it's going to work. You know what I mean? And like, to me, that's kind of what love 
that's what love is for real. And it's a, it's a painful process. It's a long process. It's a marathon. It's a journey. It's not linear. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Come say that one again. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's all of those, it's all of those things. And you, and it, what makes it kind of interesting and ironic when you starting from the, from the beginning, you think that it's going to be all of those things. And it teaches you that it's none of those things. Mm. And so that, that's, that's my answer. <laughs> no, that, that shit is that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Man, I got to come behind that. Yeah, yeah you do. I'm glad I went first. It's my question. <laughs> so, so for me, my, my wife actually taught me how to love. Um, and I would define love as understanding, challenging, and freedom. Great. Now that's an interesting word to, to associate to love. The freedom, right? That was the <coughs> yep. understand that. That that is an interesting word because I'll tell you why. Is for the longest time I never connected freedom to love, and that was one of the reasons that I was scared to love is because I was, I was terrified to lose my freedom because like I, I saw like my mom and dad to me, if like they laid the foundation of what love should look like, like I, I seen my parents get along. I seen my parents be friends. I seen my parents fight fair. I've seen my parents love hard, but I also saw my mom didn't have anyone outside of, she didn't have her own personal friends. She didn't have her own life. And I'm like, I don't want to give that up. Like, I want to have my own stuff, but still have a partner with me. And because, and it's funny how you say freedom. I didn't want to lose my freedom. So because of that, not connecting the two like that, I was running for love from a long, for a long time. Marriage was not for me because I didn't want to lose my freedom. Not because I didn't believe in love. Not because I didn't want companionship. I didn't want to not be free. Mm. And so for you to say that that's, that's where you get it from, I'm like, wow. And you said your your wife taught you how to love. Mm-hmm. Now, prior to your wife, did how did you what did you think was love though? To be honest, I didn't think about love before I met her. Really? Yeah, you, you know, you just exist. Like, depend. Like everybody's environment is different. So mm-hmm. the environment I was in is more like a survival environment. No, I mean, I, I don't want to make it like I was in the worst environment, but you just don't think about love. You just think about day to day. Okay. So, all right. So this is really going to be a good conversation as we go into this uh, topic of the Kevin Samuels effect, because I'll be completely transparent. I'm not a fan and not I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm definitely not a fan, but I can I'm OK with saying I'm not a fan because I wasn't his target audience and everything. I, I think there is content for everybody. I just wasn't somebody that he was creating content for. Um, but every time I turned around, y'all, y'all heifers, y'all girls, ladies, y'all kept dropping that shit in my DMs. Like you wanted to stress me out. Like you wanted, you wanted me to always be on edge. Um, but I, I do see value in Kevin Samuels and I, I see value in what he did for the culture. Like I see value in Kevin Samuels the way that I see value in Donald Trump and what he did for the culture he made it so yeah donald trump made it so that racists felt comfortable being racist and i have never been happier knowing exactly where people stand and everything and so for me kevin samuels he highlighted the frustrations that men have had um and this has been the first time in a very long time that i've opened i've seen men talk openly 
about their frustrations when it comes to dating women. And the more I listen to their frustrations when I'm reading, when I'm reading the comments online, even though y'all say some shitty things, shitty things. <laughs> but when I, I, when I take out my feelings and listen to what you're saying, a lot of it parallels what I feel as a woman. So we, we going to talk about it, but to, to get started, like, I really need to see one thing like Kevin Samuels, he built his whole platform on a high value man. And so I dug deep on the internet. I went, I went to find out what did he, what was his definition of a high value man? So I want to share that definition with y'all and see where, and then go from there. So his thing with what a high value man is and a man's ability to earn at least $10,000 monthly. Um, over the course of five years, acceptance from other men, um, and other men that do the same already access to a fraternity like network and accepted prominent position in society and the ability to be at use by other high value men. So that is his definition of what a high value man is. So I'm going I'm to let y'all jump in. And my first question that I got to open things up is, is that is that a definition that you ride out with? Is that what you want to consider the the standard? I personally don't agree with that, um, because like say example example uh, having a, a a fraternity of brothers that you can turn to. Uh, so does that? So if I don't have that fraternity of brothers that I can turn to, does that lower my standards as a man? Does that mean I don't I don't have those women that I can go to? I kind of sort of feel like most men that have to go to a fraternity tend to actually be the weaker of, of the men. You know, like I gotta be in an army, like by myself. I can't I can't stand on my feet by myself, but in an army, I'm different. If you've ever been around those kind of guys, they two different people. Mm-hmm. When they around their boys, they they you know they got their shoulders up, and when they you're not the same dude, man, you where the energy at. So mm-hmm. Is that considered a high value man? If you don't got the same energy when you're around them, uh, the 10k up the 10 the 10k a month. What about the brother that? What about the brother that that's holding his family down that works at McDonald's? He's not a high value man because he doesn't because he's because he doesn't make 10k a month. Because I know dudes that make 10k a month that can't maintain a household. They blowing through their money. So you can't say you can't you can't say 10k a month. You can't put a number on something. And say, well, because I make this amount of money, I'm a high value man, right? Because mm-hmm. you might not be able to maintain your money. I know a lot of dudes that can't maintain their bread. They blow through it. I'm related to some. <laughs> so you know. shame. Sorry, no shame. <laughs> but you understand that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I, 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 with Kevin Samuel, the things that he said as far as what a man is supposed to be, I kind of question it because I know a lot of men that are, that I, that are real true men that ain't meet none of those those standards mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but they they're fathers they're husbands you know what i'm saying they, they're god-fearing men they're doing the things that i was out we were raised to do if you had a man in your house you put god first you put your wife second you put your kids third you know what I'm saying you take care you maintain your household so because those guys don't fit his definition they average the average, the average dudes. You got to settle for them average dudes. He's not a high-value man, though. You know what I'm saying? But I would respect him more than I respect a guy who doesn't who fits all these criteria but doesn't take care of his family. Mm. I think... Uh, <laughs> I think... Um, 
I don't know if that was the question for real. I think, cause I don't think it's high value man, I think is a term mm-hmm. that, that he was trying to define or, or get clarity. It wasn't, it's not his turn. Cause I, I listen, I listened to homeboy. I listened to him. Right. Not because I was a fan, not because I wasn't a fan, not because I hated him, not because I loved him, but I'm in the, I'm in the podcasting space. I'm in the content space. I felt like it, he was relevant to listen to, mm-hmm. to get different perspectives on, right? And from when I listened to him, high value man was a term that already existed before he came, before he became prominent within the space. I agree. He just, he kind of just like, I don't even want to say he redefined it, but he just, he brought clarity to the term. He built his platform around it. Right. But I don't think, I think it's a term I don't think that it is what he necessarily uh, deemed what a man with value is, if, the, if that makes sense, right? But that's all like, he talked about, though. No, he but about the I'm, money but, part but, of it. But what I'm saying is, imagine, like, high, being a, a high-value man is like, high-value man is like in quotations. Mm-hmm. That's the term that we're trying to define. Right. But, like, all of the examples... Uh, that my man, you said Sean Skinny, Skinny Sean. I'm Skinny, whatever. Whatever you know. But everything that he just said are all qualities and characteristics of someone who we would consider is a man of value, not necessarily a, a high value man, but a man of value. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a man of value is a term that people use. It's just something that we can identify like, yo, like he does this and he does that. And you know what I'm saying? He's respected by these people and his family and his children and his wife. Like that's a, that's a man of value, but that's not a term. That's just how we explain something. High value man is a specific term. And for the specific term, the definitions are the things that you just, that you just named on your list. So to me, I just think that those two things are, I think those are two different things because when he, when even when he referenced average men, I don't think he was ever downing average men. Right. He was just categorizing people as what we what we call a high value man versus trying to categorize whoever are in the in the columns that are not a high value man. The definition. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that, I mean, that's what that was my interpretation of every time that he said the term or every time that he tried to list what defined what a high value man was. I never took it as like I never let li- I don't got none of the shit that's on that nigga list, right? Okay. I'm not like I'm not no, no I mean I'm just being I'm, a, I'm keeping it a buck with y'all. Like right, right. I'm not no, I'm not a how I'm not a high value man. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I'm a man of value. I mean, it's so I don't have I don't have any qualms with if that's what the definition consists of. I could look at that and be like, damn, that's dope. I'm not that. Hopefully, maybe one day I could be that. Hopefully, maybe one day I could have all of the things to check all of the boxes. And you can call me a high value man. You can call me a rich nigga. You can call you can call me whatever the fuck you want to call me. You know what I'm saying? But even if I don't reach that, I'm still a man with character. I'm still a man uh, who may have a lot of other things that some people might see as valuable. Some people might not see as valuable. But I don't 
like I never got in when I was listening to him. I never really got into is he is he talking to me or or no? Okay. And I, think that, I think that that's where a lot of people really got him misconstrued because it's so easy to listen to somebody yell out certain checkpoints or certain things, certain boxes that you don't check. It's easy to get offended by that. It's hard to bypass what you don't qualify for, but continue to listen to see if there's any meat on the bones that you could take from what that person is saying. And I think I really think that that's why he got so much pushback because a lot of people aren't, they don't have that capability to hear the things that you don't qualify for, but continue to listen to see what gems you could, you could take from the conversation. So I gotta say, it was a hard listen for me. Um, when I was listening to some of the episodes, I'm like, all right, really, let me see what this is about. Not, and I wanted to make sure I listened to full episodes and not just clips that people sent me, yeah. but it was still a hard listen because it wasn't so much of what he was saying, but it's how he weaponized the words that he was using in order to make his point. Um, and like, then it was also like what it also inspired some of his, his fans to how they were going to weaponize their words into um, and, and to making me feel as though like, because I don't agree with it or because I'm offended that I'm being overly sensitive. I was like, nah, he was being a dick and you're being a dick right now to me and <laughs> in, in reference to what you're saying, but cause I'm somebody who can, I can hear someone's point of view and I can, it can be completely different from mine. And I will continue to ask questions because I need to know where you're coming from with that. Um, I am the queen of, all right, well, let's go ahead and agree to disagree. Like I'm not, I, but when you weaponize your words and use them in a way that w- is not genuine, that's what I'm like, ah, can, can I even search for the meat on the bone? Because what's an example of uh, like weaponizing words? So, all right. So I will, one of the examples I will use is just even his intro. Like when a woman would call in and, Hey girls, I don't know why y'all was calling in when you knew the kind of interview he was going to give you. So let's say he asked the woman dress size. All right. We go with the dress size. And she would say 16, 18, whatever dress size. And the first button he would do is hit that button. Big Shirley. Bro, I'm like, well, God damn pussy. Like, <laughs> Now, now I, now I have a question though. I guess I'm a, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be that guy of. The, oh, be the guy. How was that? How was uh, pushing a button and playing a, a, a soundbite? How is that weaponizing words? Is how is a woman says she's plus size and hits a button and says Big Shirley. Everyone in our culture knows the Big Shirley is not a term of endearment. That was not he was not trying to be kind. It was not embracing and everything. He was letting this woman know that she was too big to want what she wanted. So, all right, so so let's add, so 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 let's let's I guess we about to jump into that, right? So I'm a, let me say this for the ladies. I am a big girl lover. I love y'all, <laughs> but we got to discuss this. Mm-hmm. Uh, these girls were also saying I deserve a high value man and he was basically saying to you not that why a lot of the women can't couldn't answer why why would a man they disappointed me there I'm sorry <laughs> I'm not I'm not listen I'm not saying it but why if a man who has options mm-hmm. why would he choose you that's what he asked most of the girl, women couldn't answer why would he answer why would he choose why would he choose you you know what I'm saying? And I understood what you're saying. Again, I didn't really just, I didn't agree with the whole 
how a woman looks thing, but I understood, right? Because what are most high value men going to? They're going after the skinny white girls, right? They're going to go uh, the skin, uh, 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 They're going to the skinny white girl. Uh, object. Your honor. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, what I'm listen. I don't. First of all, I, I, I'm not going to have a value man. But what are most of the rich guys we know got? I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and let Lam, I'm gonna toss that one to Lamb. Let him take that one. <laughs> I ain't gonna touch it because y'all already know I'm about to. I would. I wouldn't say that. You know, they got. The, the rich black and the high value black men only going for white women. That's that's a that's a huge reach right there. I don't want to reach there, but I want to back up to the high value thing mm-hmm. personally. See, it's hard to take Kevin Samuel serious because he's not talking to me. Like I have, like he's not talking to me at all. Like his advice goes completely over my head because I'm not his target audience. Okay. As, far as the whole high value thing, the reality is. The, your value is determined by the person you with. Doesn't matter if 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 I'm if I'm running if I'm with if I'm running to ten different women, if nine of them see no value in me, and one sees that I'm a ten that I'm extremely high value, that's all that matters. Especially if that's the one that I'm dealing with. So it's like, who cares what a bunch of women that I'm not dealing with think? Like, I, I don't have those qualifications that he listed, and I do not care to have them. Like. I'm not in a fraternity. I don't make the 10, the 10, 10,000 a month, but I have great friends. I have people that I can go to when I'm in a bind. So like okay. he's in a fraternity. Sense. So of course he's going to drum up fraternities because that's what he's in. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I, again, like I wasn't a fan of him. It's like, cause he's not, he's, he's not talking to me. Like he, to me, and I, to me, I, I'm going to say that I probably get some, pushback but his target audience is men with low self-esteem that's my opinion wow fellas fellas because if you're confident in yourself why are you listening to some man that's just constantly tearing down women like that you like you you can't think for yourself like you're a grown man you should be able to figure out how to deal with women how to navigate relationships with women no man need to tell me how to do that especially a man kevin samuels like i mean nah so fellas, a Kevin Samuels follower, if he comes into the barbershop, what's the first thing we gonna think? This nigga don't get no pussy, right? <laughs> and we, are we are we not gonna feel that way if a Kevin Samuels disciple comes into the barbershop? Yeah, <laughs> we're all feel that way, right? I ain't even gonna hold you. I don't. I, I, I don't feel that way. I, a, <laughs> I do. Nah, I be feeling like like this nigga ain't gonna get no yams. Like nah, he, but he the reason I out of him. the reason I I don't feel that way immediately. I feel that way. I, I'm I'm the guy to be like, oh, so why you why why are you a fan? Like, why do you listen? Like, why do you support such and such thought or such and such episode? Like, but that's just the type of person I am. Like, I want to ask the questions. You get clarification. Wanna, yeah, like I want to hear your interpretation of why you agree with this or why you disagree with that. But that's but that's me. People like that nigga don't get no pussy. <laughs> that's basically what he said he's like basically i'm gonna give him a chance to to tell me like let's see how this brother communicate and everything and then you be like yeah he definitely talk his ass out of some pussy it just depends. i mean because it there to me and i maybe i'm i don't know maybe i'm just on some weirdo shit but i do think that they're like the type of guy that y'all talking about who was a kevin samuels like listener 
disciple. Is like <laughs> he, he like Beyonce. He got a beehive. Like, <laughs> beehive. I think one of the one of the type of listeners probably was like the guy who just <laughs> felt like he was always invisible to to certain types of women, or mm-hmm. he didn't have a lot of success with women, and he uh was 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 angry about that or resentful about that you know what i'm saying but then i think that there's another type of listener of him which i probably would categorize myself as where you're not really listening to champion but you're listening to either confirm or deny the assumptions that you may have about how our culture just kind of moves in dating dating and in relationships because especially as a again especially from a i'm i'm always thinking in podcaster content creator brain right Mm -hmm. so look so looking at it from that perspective i so i i used to talk a whole lot about like dating and all like women want this and they don't want this and niggas do this and they don't so it's like but a lot of the times you're speaking from a perspective of a small sample size of personal experiences and a mm-hmm. huge sample size of social media and observations and other people's conversations and other people's relationships. And you're just trying to formulate your thought based on all of those things. But now his show and just, I guess the manosphere space in general kind of gives you like a front row seat at like confirming or, or denying all of the things that that you have probably recently said or or spoken about like you know what i'm saying like for for somebody to be like in its in its most rawest form be like man like bitches don't be bringing nothing to the table all they want is like niggas with money and they don't never want to do nothing for niggas yada 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 right sound ignorant sound stupid right but then you click on the kevin samuel shit every fucking night for two years and you hear women. Now, holy, holy shit. Every woman on there is looking for niggas with bread and they don't want to, they don't want to input anything to the relationship. It's all about what they deserve. It's all about me. It's all about what they so so right then and there, it's like it holy confirms. fuck. I was all the bullshit that I was really just making up. I was, I'm right. Well, let so, me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Is that is that the internet or is that in real life? Because what, what happens, what, I, what you read on, what we see on the internet every single day, when you go on a date with most of these women, that's not the truth. It's far from the truth. Most, most, most of the women that I've interacted with, I'm, I'm married, but I, me and my wife were separated for two years. I dated for two years. Most of the women I interacted with were just like, look, I don't care about splitting the bills. I don't care. I'm not looking, I'm looking for a motherfucker that I can be with. You know what I'm saying? I, never, I rarely ran into a gold digger. Like I rarely ran into that. You know, you like, all right, I got a business, I got a brand. That's what I thought women, I was. that was what I was going to attract. It was complete polar opposite for me. I didn't meet these people, but you get them. But then they left the house, I got back on the phone on my internet and I'm reading all these things. Like, is that the internet? Is that just people being, or is that real life? Like, I well, here's the thing. That, that's super interesting to me, right? Because I think it's a blurred line because for instance, if you're, if you're, if you're a handsome guy, if you're a decent guy, if you ask a woman out on a date, 
she obliges, y'all go out on a date, y'all have a good conversation, you know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all feeling each other, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mind you, imagine take yourself back to when y'all when y'all go out on dates. It's a lot of things that's going on up here that don't come out of here, whether they're whether they're positive or negative. But then take yourself back to the crib, and maybe y'all don't do it because I'm assuming that we are from a similar era and this social media. It, you know what I'm saying? We didn't grow up on social media. We just kind of adapted to it. Right. But like, just imagine if you between 20 and 30 these days, when you when you leave the date, come back to your crib and you pull your phone out. Now, all of your everything that's going on up here actually can come out truthfully right here. Right. So it is. So I get what you're saying, because in one way, real life and social media are two different things. But in another way, social media is kind of the the more non-fictional version of what people is really thinking for real. Because they don't unfiltered. I could type out and I could say out and I could say or make a video about how I really feel. And I don't have to really see no consequence to that because I'm not. Good. Let I'm me sorry. let me jump in real quick, because here's a, is a couple things. So I think social media is definitely unfiltered because you Twitter fingers is what I call it. Like you can say whatever and no one interrupts that that or challenges it. You and then you get the home. then you get the the attention from it. And then you get the people that co-sign like the co-signers make it OK to feel that way and OK to do it. But yeah, so I, I definitely agree with that. Like you, when it's going on in your head, like especially first date, we all been on first dates. Um, when you get on that first date, I ain't going to hold y'all. I'll be on my best behavior. Like I keep <laughs> my swear words to a minimum and everything, not non-existent, but it's definitely a minimum. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I have my P's and Q's together because I, I want that second date. And I'm not trying to say I'm trying to catfish you or not be my most authentic self, but I'm the version of myself that deserves the second interview. Year. You want to interview? Yeah, I'm bringing the best of me to the table. I've been there. I work at jobs where I'm a shitty employee, but you know, in that interview, nigga, you think you getting the number one employee in the world. You, <laughs> you definitely gonna get the best day, of the round. Realize you made a choice, a bad choice to hire me, nigga. But You're like, oh, she really shit. That's the thing that's <laughs> interesting because I would ask you what version. If you're if you're not your most authentic self on date one, date two, or just in that dating stage in general, I would all I would follow that up with what version of yourself are you when you pull your phone out and you start tweeting or you start uh, making reels or you start or you talking on your story or when so, you're reposting because you don't like I I'm, I read a lot into it's it don't even be the posts. It'd be, It'd be the, the self-consciousness. Comments. Yeah. It'd be the comments. You the, the devil is in the details. The truth and how people really feel is in the comments. Mm-hmm. So I am someone like when when I say, like, here's just to answer your question. Mom, if I'm not, who am I if I'm not being my most authentic self on those first couple of dates and everything? I'm I'm brown girl light on those first couple of dates. Okay. Like not everybody deserves that whole access to who I am and my completeness. And, and I do separate that way now on the internet. So I'm different. And, and like we said, I think it goes back to the era that I'm in because I'm, I'm 44. So like I'm closer to 50 than I am to my twenties at this point. Yeah, so I'm mine. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are 44. Don't act like I'm here by myself. 43, nigga. I'm 43. Uh, whatever, but you're going to be there soon. Uh, <laughs> But we like I'm mindful of what I put on the Internet, but because I'm very intentional about what I put in there, I do like whatever I decide to repost 
or whatever I decide to share, it is always a point as far as what I'm trying to make from it, whether it's a point for conversation or just a point of what I'm experiencing that I can identify with it. You can always say, I'll do a whole 90-10 that is usually something that I'm feeling, experiencing that causes me to post something. And at 10% that I'm just here for entertainment and shits and giggles, just to give you an idea of the shit that I post and what it might mean. But I'm intentional with it. The nigga I am in on the internet is the nigga I'm in person. I'm a complete asshole, so. That is true. But I'm a funny asshole, so it kind of works out pretty well <laughs> for me, uh, you know, until it doesn't. Oh, you, are really, you really are an asshole. Well, I, I kind of told you that. Yeah. In a way, but I told you that. Yeah. So here's my other thing. Like, when it comes to, like, you know, Jackson, to come back to where you were in reference to the the money thing and and how like you know women are, are wanting you're seeing at two years women go on there they want they want the dude that makes the money they want the dude that makes the money and everything i ain't even gonna hold you i'm a woman that wants a man to make the money and everything not and not in any like yo if he don't make this much i can't be with him but i've dated men that were underemployed i've dated men who didn't make enough and because of the because of what I make and everything, because of my salary and the lifestyle that I could provide myself, if I was to date somebody who is significantly underpaid, like I dated a dude that made, uh, I think it was like $13 an hour driving an ambulance and everything, and he could not do the things that I did. Um, and when I say couldn't do the things that I did, like we couldn't just be like, yo, let's go away for the weekend or let's, you know, let's go to a concert, let's go to a weekend festival or, Hey, you know, if they got tickets on sale to Puerto Rico, he couldn't do those things. So many and I have so many rebuttals. So E, where you at with that? That's nothing wrong with that. Like most men, under, most men should understand that. Listen, mm-hmm. she does this. It's the women that make $13 an hour and require you to make an X amount of dollars. It's the women who can't go away on trips unless you flip the bill. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? What you're doing is, is fine. I, I should, if no man can, if a, if a nigga don't respect that, he got to look in the mirror. But it's the girl, we dealing with, with the women that be like, I'm trying to go to Dubai and she can't even, she's never left her, her block. Like, oh, man, shit. you don't have enough money to leave the block. How are you telling me to treat you, take you on trust to the bar, and then you yell at, oh, he broke, when he don't want to spend money on you? That's because that's our. That's what our dads taught us, that we should want the man to take care of us. Our dads did that. Eh, well, you know. <laughs> I feel like when a woman asks for money, bro, she's saying she's not interested in me, bro. It's like, oh, you're not interested, huh? All right, cool. Block. I I was just I was just trying to figure like when you be like <laughs> when you be like you want to go to a concert like nor like let's say if the let's say if you and the guy made the equal amount of of money right okay is it you who's basically still saying hey want to go on a trip this weekend hey want to go to a concert this weekend hey want to go to Puerto Rico like no. and you no. and he's like I, I'm just I'm trying to understand how you're the one always suggesting the outing, mm-hmm. but upset at him for not being prepared for the outing that you're so, suggesting. I see where you're going with this, but here's the thing: like I've dated men that are in my income bracket. I'll just leave it there in my income bracket, and they rec- they recommend the same type of outings 
and everything. They like they say, yo, um, like just the other week, they was like, yo, it's a, a festival out in Maryland, like it's a, a reggae wine festival. You want to ride with me? Yep. And so they they have like the similar things that they can do and they make those recommendations. But the men that are underpaid, they can't do those things. So those aren't recommendations that they're making. So is it the so is it the is it their taste or is it their money, though? Because what you just to me, what I what I heard here or heard Mm -hmm. is we don't have the same taste issue. Not that we don't have the same money issue, because let's say what, what kind of music you listen to. A little bit of everything, R and B, hip hop, reggae. I'm all from the nineties. All right, so all right, so so if it's a lock, if it's a locks concert coming up, and you love know. the locks, and I love the locks, but you work where you work, and I work at McDonald's, but mm-hmm. I still know when the locks is coming. If I love the locks, I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to prepare so that when the locks come, I could go see the locks. I, you know what? I'm gonna jump oh. in because I see what you said, but here's it. But I I know the point she's trying to make. And the reality is, when you make more money, your taste change. The things you want to do is different. So when you're making $13 an hour, you your, 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 your vision of a date is a little... You can watch lots on YouTube. You make it $35 an hour. <laughs> so, so I see what she's saying. Because it's like, I, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, you know, you've, you've progressed in your career, whatever you're doing. Oh, yeah, I used to be broke. Like... I know yeah, all of us. Car so, repo all broke. All of us have been there. We all been there. And the things that we used to like when we made ten, twelve dollars an hour. Not saying we don't like them, but it's like, man, that's the least. That's like low on the list of things we want to do. It's like, mm. I want to go to a lounge or something. It's like, you know, but they got go-go music here in DC area. Like you would go to the go-go at a fire station. Now I'm not doing that. Like nah. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't want to do that no more. Like my income right. dictates, I don't have to do that no more. Like it, the thing, the restaurants I go to, everything changes when you start making a little bit more money. And it's like, when you're making a little bit of money, you still got the same taste. Cause I mean, to be fair, you kind of got to adjust to what your income is. Like you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have taste that you can't afford because it's like, then you set everybody up for disappointment, but the main person going to be disappointed is you. If you know you can't, you know you can't afford steak. Just keep going to you know restaurants that that hey. serve cheap food. <laughs> hey fellas, hey guys, anybody listening? The brown girl is still single. I like tacos, so there's that. I you're like tacos date, and yeah. tequila. Like, oh, you a good date? Exactly. Tacos and tequila. But do you like Taco Bell? No, that's not tacos. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's diarrhea that's not tacos like it's a difference but that's like <laughs> you want, want an authentic tacos from julio's manuel's restaurant as no place. hole in the wall spot in camden best tacos it's like the top part is a tarp i don't even know why it's good like that because it's definitely flies that just be in and out there but those are the best tacos i've ever had tortillas with her feet yo but see that's my point best tacos ever but making that little bit of money he can't take you there he want to take you to taco bell and he gonna say well you said tacos that's what you like and and look at this face like oh um and here's the thing because i'm polite because of how my parents raised me if you take me someplace that i don't feel as though is up to my standard. Like it's someplace that I would not take myself. Um, I'm, 
I'm not going to shit on it in that moment. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to push through. No, I'm not going, it's not going, no, it's not going to make it on Twitter though, Jackson. It's going to make it in the group chat. Like the group chat is, the group chat is where all honesty lives. Hey, Mr. Taco Bell. He don't even know why you didn't call TB and shit. Yeah, and, also, and, and also where memes are are birthed, though. So the group chat conversation. So one of you, one of y'all is gonna create a meme that say some shit about a nigga trying to take you to Taco Bell. So you you basically posted it, basically. It's me. <laughs> I'm the one that creates the meme. But yeah, so it. But it, I I don't. You know, I try not to embarrass the dude and everything. And I'm like, I'm I'm kind and I'm polite. Like I know what rejection feels like, and I know like I know what it's like when a dude told me I was a whole fucking liability. When I was broke, like a, a man, he was a successful ass dude. And I was in my 20s running through money like it was water. And I was like, yo, why don't you want to be with me? And uh, he was a, a little older than me. He's probably about six or seven years older than me. And this man, he's like, he's like, because men marry, marry, uh, what did he say? Men fuck liabilities and marry assets. And he's like, and you're a liability. And he's he like, the only that nigga had to be with you to say that shit. <laughs> Yo, that's a crazy he dog. He was pissed at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck this pussy. I'm out. <laughs> Now he got he got a lot of confidence to go that he, hard. He told me all I brought to the table was wet pussy and good conversation. Dang. At, yeah. least two, at least you brought two things. but my feelings was hurt (laughs) and i couldn't leave in the moment because that was when my car got repoed so he had to take me home for me to even escape the humiliation (laughs) no we still had sex later but Like I like the shit was this oh it was but then he taught me a lesson though that was in that moment I learned a lesson like yo if I want a dude that uh, if I want a good dude I can't be a liability to his ass like I need to be able to I need to be able to come not to the table I hate that term what do you bring into the table but I don't want to bring problems to the table I don't want to bring debt to the table I don't want to bring piss poor spending habits to the table and because i don't want to be liability i don't want a man to bring a liability to me so when i come up saying i would like a man that is you know responsible financially savvy and stuff like that i don't see anything wrong with it now where i will say something wrong and this is for chase get off me what i will say (laughs) is when it comes to the ladies hey girls girls now you know when you call out this people show, when you when somebody asks you why do you deserve to have the kind of man that you desire, and if you can't answer that, it's time for you to stop dating. Close up your pussy. Just go sit down someplace. It's not for you. You're not ready yet. You're not adult enough yet to do it. And I'm, I'm sorry you, if you don't know why you deserve what you desire. Like, matter of fact, Jackson, what do you deserve? You know what. I was I had something brewing in my head. I don't even like the word deserve mm-hmm. because I can't deserve somebody or something that I haven't encountered yet. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that to me personally, that's why the word deserve kind of makes me cringe when I hear like women say what they did. Like, how do you know that you deserve this type of man and you haven't met this type of man? Like, because to me, to, to deserve something means that you've earned it. So how can you earn a man that you haven't met, right? Like, how do you even know that you're going to be an asset 
to said man if you don't know what that man views as assets so like i can tell you that i work hard I can tell you that I earned this. I can tell you that I live here. I can tell you that I went to college here. I can tell you that I got a piece of, a piece of paper from that college and put it in the frame and stuck it on my wall. But don't none of that make me deserve a woman if I ain't if I ain't met the woman. So because- all the things that you listed are all material things. Like when I think of the type of man that I deserve, and this is where I always get fucked up when it comes to the definition. I can, I put the highest value on character. And so, because I know what I want and what I deserve in a partner and everything I do, I I will use the term deserve and everything in a partner. I list off their characteristics, everything else. If you can check off those boxes of the type of man that I want, everything else is bonus. Now there are negatives. Like you can't be broke. I can't come with that thirteen dollars, huh? No, you can't, because oh, I, I can't work with that. Um, but I can work with a man who's making forty five thousand dollars and everything. Like I have, I got my limits. Now, I'm, <laughs> you, the reason I, I'm, I'm with you in terms of material things versus like listing like characteristics or character traits. Mm-hmm. But in regards to like the show and what women call in and say that they deserve, they don't never, they don't, they're not calling a Kevin Samuel show saying I deserve an honest man because I'm honest. I deserve a faithful man because I'm faithful. I deserve a loving man because I'm, lo-. they're not saying that. I they're agree. saying I deserve a nigga with six figures, uh, got all, got the options to fuck all of the bitches, but don't fuck none of the bitches. <laughs> like, Facts. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that is a porn star. Fuck me crazy. Dick huge. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's don't, what don't want to fuck nobody else. Yeah. Like, they not, they not, they're, they're not listing the characteristics or the character, the character traits and what makes them a good person mm-hmm. and that that's why they deserve another good person. Like, they're, they're listing the material thing. And that's why I can't disagree and with you. Me, like material, material things don't make you like you de- like you deserve a degree because you went to class and you got good grades and you did it for four to five years. Mm-hmm. So that degree that they gave you, you deserve that because you earned that. Like if you I can't say that I deserve you if I've never met you. I Because what did I do to earn you? What did I do to earn your love? What did I do to earn your loyalty? What did I do to earn your respect? So how can I say I deserve you if you don't even know who the fuck I am? That, that's on, that's my thing. Okay. No, I can't even disagree with that because when I was listening to the show, I was like, damn, bitch, like you just going to keep, <laughs> keep listening to all the material shit and, and you missing the point. And, and this is, this is for the ladies. Like that was such an important gem that you just shared right there. Girls like y'all, y'all missing the point of what you need in a partner. And a lot of women, and this is what I've come across when I was doing the podcast and seriously and everything before is a lot of women weren't able to define what they wanted in a partner. And the more I talked to them is because they weren't able to define who they were as a woman. And when you don't have that core knowledge of who you are, it's hard to determine what you need. Because women don't (laughs) use... Women don't use mirrors for what they're supposed to be used for. They use them to see, make sure their outfits look good. They don't use it to figure out, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's, what, what, what can I work on? Can we go, can we, can we address, can we address, can we go back to what you were saying, um, Jackson? What up? 
we gotta we don't even address talk about the fact that love is normally secondary to what women are looking for. They got a whole list of things. He got to make this amount, like you said. He got to make this amount. Got a dick got to be this big. Sex got to be this crazy. All these women got, but it's never about love. Like you got to, women will find a nigga that checks all the boxes off, and then be like, I'll figure out if I like him later. Yeah. And that's where we at now, yo. We don't. Yeah. That's that. because love is scary. Love is scary, but security is not. That's what women are looking for, security. But you know what happens with those those women that find the security but don't find the emotional. That emotional, that emotional food that they get or their intimacy, they cheat. Yeah. Secure. I know I'm a professional side nigga. So I know. Say, uh, a good security system. A former professional side nigga. Don't get fucked up over here. I'm a refrain. I'm a former. Your I'm wife look like she could fight and she not coming over <laughs> here to fight me. So, <laughs> so you let him say that shit on your show? <laughs> no, ma'am, I did not. <laughs> she know I'm ex-ho. She told me I had to get my life back together, man. Get my life together. <laughs> a really good security system can keep your ass locked in a terrible house, too, though. Yeah. And that's... No, that's legit facts because I, I'll tell you this. And I'm not saying that... And no, I am saying it. My my dad's father, um, he had a whole nother family. A whole, like we found out when my dad, when my grandpa died, I found out I had a whole nother aunt that he like, and, and my grandma knew that he had I a know. whole nother family across town. And that's the thing. Like she was so comfortable because she didn't have any other means to make money on her own and to be able to take her kids and leave. So she stayed with this man who made great money. Like if you're, if anybody's familiar with Jersey, my grandparents lived in Morristown, like, and they, they didn't live too far from the sugar baron. So they didn't like, they grew up very comfortable and she, she didn't leave when she found out, she just said, I don't want it here at my house. Well, my grandpa was, supported two families. That's how it really was. Because like you said, she couldn't go nowhere. It wasn't like she could take, pick the kids up and go back to her parents' house. You can't bring all these kids back to the crib. No, <laughs> like, you can't, you can't, you couldn't. Like your, like my grandmother, my grandfather was a, was a Mason. And I remember going, spending summers down, down South and mm -hmm. he would come home on a Friday. He would take us to Hardee's, take my grandma to go spend her little check. He was gone for the night. And my grandma, I, I never seen my grandmother ever leave the crib. She wasn't allowed to, she wasn't allowed to do, go, I'm going to hang out with my girlfriends. I don't even think she had girlfriends. But this nigga was moving the way he wanted to move. Yeah. And it was nothing, it was really not my grandma could do, but eat that. And what we were taught from our grandmothers, and these are these are conversations that men aren't privy to, is we were taught by our grandmothers, like, listen, take learn to take care of yourself so that you can always leave if you have to. That's what women started doing. And and that's a fucked up way of thinking, but they were doing that as a, as a form of trying to teach us how to protect ourselves from abuse, because a lot of them were being abused. A lot of them were, you know, being cheated on and things like that and embarrassed. Um, they were they took their trauma and they passed it down to us to say, hey, take care of yourself so you can always leave if you have to. And women did like, you know, we, we got educated. We started making money and stuff like that. So we don't need men for financial security now, comma, however. The idea of a man's financial security is still sexy as shit. Like security is still sexy as shit. And when you, and, and I, for me, I've been the broke girl who definitely wanted the man who made more money because you have more fun. Uh, I ain't even sitting here and lying and say that I didn't. But now as a woman who makes her own money, dating somebody who has the same type of financial freedom as I do, it's 
way more fun. But security for me, security and love go like this for me. They go back and forth. Like love for me in a marriage and a relationship is a strong 70%. That's it. That's it. Love is just the 70%. The other stuff leads up the other 30% for me. But how many women are like that though? You know what I mean? How many, how many women have said, fuck love? You know what I'm saying? I've taken security over love. It's a lot of women out here that just say, man, you know what? That security looks way, a lot of women have said, you know what? I loved at one point in time. It didn't work out, but that security, I know I'm good for the rest of it. I'm good for however long. Is there something wrong with taking security over love? I'm from, from, from my end. Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of women. So I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm a massage therapist slash whatever. And a lot of my clients are, are, are women that are married or women in relationships. They're going to cheat. It's not even about when, if, or when. That's when you go back to a while, the boy was saying, remember we were saying Russell Wilson's a cornball and everybody was getting mad. It wasn't, it wasn't that Russell, he was Russell. When he said Russell Wilson and Sierra thing about Russell Wilson being mad, it's that most niggas have dealt with a Sierra. She, she chose security, but she's going to slide. It's only a matter of time. Now she might go back, but she's going to get bored. She's going to slide. And then she's going to slide back. Well, okay. Two, okay. The, the whole Russell Wilson and Sierra thing. <laughs> why? Like, why? Why? See, I never understood. Why can't she just change? Like, because most times, as I'm saying, most niggas know most times out of 10, they don't change. She's going to get bored eventually. <laughs> no, nah, see, okay. That again, that's where I disagree because it's like, man, people change. People evolve. She was dealing with uh, future and everybody else when she was younger. Like maybe something, maybe dealing with the future make you realize, you know what? I want to wrestle. Let me ask you like, a question. Yeah, like people, people gotta, people gotta stop holding people to what they used to be. Like she can, she can evolve and her taste of men change. Like, damn, you, you deal with the future long enough, a wrestle becomes more and more appealing. And that's not the not future because I don't really know him, but it's like. Damn, a woman t- a woman taste can't change the same way a man a, tastes. I don't think it's about her taste. Eat Russ, Eve. You think does Russ when he knocking out the park? I mean, look, I, bro, I don't know. Like he's he's an athlete. He's like six six two six three. Workout. I mean, shit. It's a so, good possibility he is. <laughs> so here's the thing. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jax. Well, uh, I just because you were shaking over there, so I gotta uh, let you go. It, 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 <laughs> y'all said, uh, y'all said, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really working on just not cutting people off and being a good listener. So it was, it was one thing that you said that I wanted to rebut real quick. You said back when, uh, you said our, our grandmothers got abused, and I'm paraphrasing. Our grandmothers got abused in relationships, so they taught us to make money just in case the guy leaves. And I just, in my head, I thought that is a, a little bit of a breakdown generationally because instead of teaching you to have a really really great insurance plan why not teach you how to just pick a really really great man because i just want to i just want to, to say that okay but then they also they picked a good man so they already said they, at this point they found like you know what i'm saying what, like what it, really what it, the, the breakdown in it it to it infers that no matter what man you pick this is going to be the end result so you I might as well so you might as well get the bag while you at it. <laughs> so, but but to me, that's a that's a that's a breakdown in mentality, though. And if and if the breakdown is in mentality, then these conversations is obsolete because it ain't gonna nothing ain't gonna ever change if you don't like you know what I'm saying. Like if you don't believe is is really quality men out there that won't put you through certain shit, 
then go ahead and get your fucking money and just do what do what basically do what y'all already doing. Basically, you, gotta, you also gotta understand you got hurt women teaching women. A hurt woman teaching yeah. you got a hurt yeah. woman teaching teaching these rules. Yeah, so, some traumas down. It's we yo, you know, and I, me and my wife had this conversation all the time. Our family, our, our grandparents and parents have been through some shit and they never addressed it as trauma. Like my mom's a habitual gambler. She plays a lottery. I'm talking like $300 a day, but she don't think she's a gambler because she's not going to the casino. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you are gambling, dog. They don't understand that. They don't think drinking, you have a drinking problem because you're not doing what they normally saw with the nigga get up and stuff. You're not homeless yet. I can function. I, I, I only get drunk on the weekend, so I'm not yeah. an alcoholic. So you got to stand there. The, 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 the def- we live in a world now where shit is defined, like truly defined. You know, nigga, you drink every Saturday. You an alcoholic, bro. Right. You, get, you smoke a lot of weed, nigga. You a drug addict. You know, back then, it's like, man, I just smoke weed. Everybody else do it. So, My grandma used to take Valium every day. And they don't think they didn't think they was a drug addict. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, I'm just, I just, I just need I need to relax. I need, I need relax. my pill to relax. Yeah. So, you know, so, so I, we can't fault them because they don't think, they don't think that, they don't think that we know it's trauma. But they didn't think it was trauma. It was normal. She thought she was giving you some great advice. Yeah. And what I learned in therapy, and because I will tell you this, some of the things that my grandparents, that my grandma and my aunties and even my mother passed down to me and everything as gems or or lessons or ways that I should move in this world. As I've been like unpacking shit in therapy, I'm like, oh my God. And I was like, I told my therapist, I was like, Tia, I was like, they was just steering me down the wrong fucking road. And then she was like, when you think of it that way, of course you're going to be angry with them. She's like, but if you think of it as they were doing the best that they could with the information that they had and based off of the time that they were living, they were trying to help you so that you didn't have to go through any of the hurt. And so they thought they were helping and they weren't. And, and, and based off of, and Jackson, just to go back to what you said, like, instead of saying pick better dudes, that's where my dad would come in. And, and I, and I think it's unfortunate um, that we have so many homes where there aren't fathers in the home, because where my grandma would drop those gems off to me and everything, my dad was the one that always reminded me. He's like, you know, he's like, if you can take care of yourself, you will always find, if you can take care of all of your needs, is what my dad said. If you can take care of all your needs, he's like, I guarantee you that you will find a man more than happy to do the same. Balance. And, and then he was like, but my dad also taught me this. Like, yo, uh, his exact words, air, ain't no nigga want to come be with you if you can't even boil rice right. Like he would teach me different gems like that. And then he also schooled me on what to look for in a man. He was like, we always talk about red flags. And my dad said, yo, don't forget there is a thing called fucking green flags. And I was like, daddy, what is green flags? And he's like, the shit that's good. And he's like, not everything is bad in the world. Some shit is just good air. Like that's the kind of lessons my dad would drop to balance out what I was getting passed down. I, I wanted to say to I, I I'm sorry I got all, I got y'all off track because I I really just wanted to respond to that. Uh-huh. But the um I got two things like just to go back to the Russell Wilson feature thing. I don't mm-hmm. think well personally I, I don't I can't speak for what other men were were saying, but I don't in my opinion I was never like looking at Sierra a certain way or judging Sierra a certain way for changing her mind or changing her taste. I was more so thinking that people were really calling. I think people were calling like Russell square or corny or whatever, because he like, 
Because part of it looks like he's willingly playing second fiddle to someone who wasn't, who isn't like her type at a, at a very primal instinctual level. And speaking from a, speaking from a guy's, from a guy's perspective of I've been, I've been the, well, you know, the guys I'm, the guys I'm dating, they not really working. So let me try a different guy, guy. I've been that guy before. And it's cool in the beginning because it's different because it's new because you're in it. You're, you're, you're a new shiny pair of fucking sneakers. You, you love, you love, let me put, cause we all niggas, right? Niggas love sneakers, right? Uh, so you, you didn't, you love Jordans and Nikes your whole fucking life. Yeah. But every time you put on a pair of fucking Nikes, you sprain your ankle. So, so you get a thought that says, damn, like, well, maybe Nike sneaks just not really constructed for the way that my, that God put my ankles together. <laughs> right. So you go to the store. <laughs> You see the you see the dope Nikes that you really want, but you you think about how every time you put them on, you sprain your ankle. So you turn and you pick up the pair of Reeboks and you're like, yo, let me get them in a 12, homie. He bring you those Reeboks in the 12 and they fit great. They feel great. You never sprain your ankle again, but you don't, you don't love them for real. You learn to love them. But you don't, that ain't really what you wanted in your in your heart. In your loins, you want them Jordans. Not your so, loins. So, so you saying? So you saying like that? She really wants like a future type. Is that what you saying? I don't know. I don't know what she wants. I see. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm. See, what I'm I think she's your security. Here's my here here's where here's where like first like let's be clear transparency. I do not care about who she <laughs> likes. So now that I don't I think any of us do. Right, right, right. Now that I now that I got that, but now that I got that out the way. It's like I don't really understand why people take it so like well not people I don't understand why men take it so personal like dog she had it she had a future she changed her mind she got her a rust what's the big deal like why people so why I do so up in arms about answer. it it's like I don't get it like because she a lot better of, like I think I think because I think. I don't know. I think, I think because a lot of guys either are Russ or think that they're Russ and they know what it's like to be a Russ at 12 years old and, and be invisible at 16 and be invisible at 21 and be invisible at 28 and be invisible. And then at 32, after the person that you've been invisible to for 31 years, she's she's endured enough. And now she and now she sees you. I, and I think I think I don't know, but I think that a lot of guys can relate to that feeling. And because they relate to and it's a it's a resentment. To be mm -hmm. honest, it's a resentment because. Most guys are invisible to most women until you get these certain accolades under your belt. But when you get the certain act, like people, people is history and, and the and past is, is, is so weird in our culture, in my opinion, because 
they tell you to get over things, but they say that who you are as an adult is a result of your childhood. But they say when you're an adult, you should just let that go, man. Just let that go, man. Just get over that shit, bro. Like, why are you mad? Cause girls ain't like you when you was when you was 12 and a girl broke your heart and you you 32. Yeah, that's childhood, my nigga. But if I got if I got molested at 12, if if I got raped at 12, if I got kidnapped at 12, if somebody, if I was fat at 12 and got made fun of and got bullied at 12, now you encouraging me to go to therapy. Because that's something that you gotta deal with, cuz. Mm-hmm. You gotta deal with that. You gotta you gotta grow through it. Like so, it, it's funny how in our culture, depending on what your childhood trauma <coughs> is, some of it depend, some of it warrants needing to be worked on, and some of it you need to just eh, shut the fuck up, bro. Like you being a kid, get over that shit. I, so, well, I'll I- say this. I think I think a lot of like we just gotta be blunt and honest. A lot of men are invisible. Like you gotta look in the mirror and realize, bro, it's you. It's something about you that's corny. It's something about you that's lame. It's something about you that women don't like. And men just don't want to accept that. Like men and women. It's like, look, bro, you corny. You lame. Like figure something out. It's like all this like, oh, you like, oh, I'm a nice guy and all that stuff. Bro, nobody cares. Like, but wait. You nice. But like, listen. Define you're nice. <laughs> so wait. So the nice guys, that's the part I wanted to get on. The nice guys is the nice guys. And, and hey, hey, fellas, to all the nice guys out here, I'm sorry that you feel this way um, because I, I know where it came from because I had the conversation with my, my younger brother and he had to school me. My younger brother, and my two cousins, they had to drop real gems on me. As men, you guys are taught if you are nice to the girl, you treat her well, respectful. If you, if you, and I'm just putting this in the full circle of Russell Wilson. If you are a Russell Wilson, you are going to get a good woman. It is, if you are good, you are going to get good. That is the promise. That is the agreement. That is the contract. And then it doesn't happen. You don't get good and everything. I'm, and, and I, and, and skinny, you already know. I'm born and raised middle-class suburban black girl. Do you know who likes suburban black girls more than anything else in this world? Hood from niggas. especially in the 90s, hood niggas. hood niggas. And you know what they did? They brought a level of excitement to a suburban girls um, and a level of protection to us. Like I always felt protected because of my dad. My dad was a tough guy. So I wanted to date men that I would consider tough guys. Was my dad a hood nigga? No, my dad was a teacher, but he gave me that. He gave tough. My dad was a big guy. He gave tough, like nobody fucked with us and everything. So I think because y'all have always been taught, be nice to the girls, be good to the girls and you'll get the girl. It's like the reward for being the good guy and the good guy gets shitted on all the time. The same way that the good, nice girls get shitted on until they turn savagey. So now we got a bunch of people walking around here broken as fuck because the agreement that we were told growing up, be good, be kind, you will get this. Somebody lied to us. We was lied to. Let's let's, 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 let's unpack that. It's It's even deeper than that. Mm-hmm. You guys are taught. Well, you guys at a certain age, from middle school to whatever, get the get the dope boy, get the get the hood nigga. You carry, you make this hood, you keep this hood nigga on a leash, or maybe that's the wrong word to say, but you keep him hood until you outgrow this nigga. I I I, I deserve better. 
That's your term. I deserve better. So that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, this nigga y'all don't cause this nigga to catch felonies. So now he got a he playing catch up in life. And now the niggas you this nigga did he didn't kill three people over that pussy. Exactly. Three. Now, now he can't do now his life's in shambles. You deserve better. Nah. Now you're going after the niggas that you ignored. Now y'all going after the niggas you ignored. So y'all fucked up your niggas' lives. Yo, that's hilarious. <laughs> we, don't even, we don't even discuss that part, yo. Y'all forget yeah. that nigga who can't who can't get a, who can't who can't get a job or do nothing because he was on the block buying y'all bags and doing the things that you wanted to do. And now the nice guy, thirty two, don't even own a gun. And yeah, he don't own a gun, no nothing, yo. <laughs> I I don't like the way this conversation is going. He don't know how to, he don't know how to shoot. He's like, <laughs> I don't I don't like where this is going. I I feel attacked. Uh, <laughs> I feel I feel attacked and heavily judged because yeah, when I outgrew that phase, I'm like, ah, like ah, get, get away from me, like you know, killing, murder. I went to like uh, a couple years ago. I went to like the jazz festival in Willowbrook. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say who I was with, but he was pretty popular in high school, right? And you know, I was I was I was known in high school, but I wasn't you know I wasn't that guy. And we see a girl that we, you know, popular, pretty popular girl. She's like, oh, hey, skinny, gives me hugs. I'm like, oh, me? She played, she, well, he would be like, where my hug at? He would where my hug at to, to her. She kind of get a nigga to feel like, it's <laughs> like, damn. And that's what made me bring up that whole conversation. Like, this nigga was, he was that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I mean, he faded that, faded out at the high school, but <laughs> he was the bad boy that y'all went after. Yeah. Sounds out. legit. Sounds now legit. Playing catch up, and now you're playing catch up because that's what he thought he was supposed to be. A yeah. lot of people don't even know you got sons that are doing that because you don't like because as a as a, as an eighth grade, ninth grade, when I'm corny as hell, I'm trying to get some pussy, and the bad girls, the girls like the bad boys. I got two choices: be a bad boy and try to get some pussy, or be myself and wait till I'm 22, 23, 24 and get some pussy. I'm and not waiting till 23, 24 to get some pussy. And now you the nigga. Now you the I'm nigga. Shoot somebody. Stop. I get her attention. That's what I can. Now you you fucking at twenty two and you don't know what the fuck you doing. You don't know what the fuck you doing. You know what I mean? But you got a lot of you got a lot of black a lot of black boys that are characters of themselves because they can't be the nigga that like I don't fucking know what kids like wrestling or whatever because if I like wrestling, I'm no longer cool. I'm a, I'm a nerdy ass nigga. I ain't gonna get no yams. Yo, we just so out here damaging myself. each other. I, I mean, but I think, um, but to, okay, to kind of like, to try to, to try to reel it back into the, it relating to Kevin Samuel shit though. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, think, I think um, this, this conversation in particular, I think what Kevin Samuels really did for the culture, whether y'all hate the nigga or, or whatever, these types of conversations, like he just kind of like brought into the forefront. Like, because a lot of the time, a lot of the time, if, if men, the, like the way that men speak authentically, like this is a real conversation. Like we cracking jokes and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, yeah. whatever. But in the thick of it, this is a real conversation that if we were to have in front maybe of a, of a group of women or if we were have a social media posting or whatever, like a lot of the time, like women would call this like. Yeah, it's like toxic. Or I was, I was going to say like. <laughs> I was gonna say like bitch nigga shit, like crying, like complaining, like 
You know what I'm saying? Like, just nigga, like, uh, like, stop whining. Like, you crying. Like, y'all not I, allowed I, to have feelings. Can I ask you this, fellas? Do you, I, per, I don't agree with everything he said, but I think Kevin Samuels, I think Kevin Samuels did a lot for women that women really don't see. He said a lot of things that men would not say, and most men would not say because it's like, nigga, I'm just trying to fuck. I'm not, I don't give a fuck about making her a better woman. I'm just here for the pussy, and then I'm out. So I'm not going to say it because if I do say these things, she don't have an attitude. She's not going to give me no games. So I think a lot of times we don't say the things that this nigga said. Like, you know, a lot of women walk around with an ego. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he don't want to take me out to eat. He must be broke. No, bitch, I don't want to take out to eat because I just want to fuck. I don't, I'm not trying to take you out to eat. <laughs> meal. You know what I'm saying? But um, you, see you see where I'm going with that? Right. Like, I don't have the time to break down what Kevin Samuel said. Ma'am, you're not, you're not on that level of going out for a meal. You're just a piece of pussy. You know what I'm saying? These are things he was kind of saying to women without really saying it like that. But a lot of niggas will, that come across a lot of women like, look, I don't see her as nothing more than some yams. But because I'm in her face, she feel, oh, these niggas, all these niggas want me. That's not really true, man. We here for one thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you that. But that's Why not? Thing. Why not? Why not? And, why and maybe I, why am I gonna make you a better woman so you can tell me I can't handle pussy? I know, but why wouldn't you just say, "Look, I'm really here just for the casual sex"? Uh, might not get it because I'm not, you know. It's a, I mean, you might not get it. It's yeah, a risk. Yeah, I, I ain't here for risk. Like I'm here for reward. <laughs> <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> but now, but I, I honestly think though, I think the scary part about hearing everyone's voice is you get a chance to hear what goes on when you not there. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think like it, it just like YouTube just in general, just kind of opened up a space for that. And I think what makes it scary is like, Oh shit. Like that's what y'all, that's how y'all feel. That's what y'all really think. That's how y'all really look at us. And, and for so long, um, I also think that like men have kind of been put in a box of being like so simple and like non-complex and not very intelligent and not very emotional and not very strategic in what they say and how they say it. Like, and now we have so many people like using their platforms to use their voice, whether they say something that you agree with or don't agree with, it's like you have, now they're like forcing people to have a place to go figure out what men are really thinking. And in one hand, I'm, I'm assuming from a woman's perspective, in one hand, it's like, oh shit, like, hell yeah, like, let's go over there and, and see right. what's really going on. But then it's like, damn, when you get there, it's like when you go to a fucking, you go to a, a circus and you're trying to see behind the curtain of how they train the animals. Because you think it's going to be interesting, and then you get back there, and you see that they whooping the shit out of them. It's like, <laughs> damn, like, I, I really, I, I thought I wanted to see it, but I really didn't, but now I can't unsee it. And it makes you, it makes you look at the circus in a totally different light. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's, but it's the, it's the truth of what the so, circus really is, but it's like, damn, like, you ruin it, you almost ruin the fantasy almost. But are they doing that though? I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the women that were on Kevin Campbell, none of them were receiving that. You know, and none of them really, a lot of women did not receive what he was saying. Because you gotta, you have to. So the same way that you communicate with each other, you cannot communicate with us the same way. But uh-huh. the thing is, with 
Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was here. Here's what I think the biggest issue is: we don't deal with each other as individuals. You already go into it with a mindset of you thinking how men act, you thinking how women act, instead of just dealing with one person on an individual level. If we get to, if you do that, if you just go into a, a situation with an empty, with an empty mind, okay, I'm gonna deal with this person. I'm gonna deal with her for who she is. I'm gonna deal with him for who he is. Instead of, oh, men not shit, women not shit. That's the biggest problem. You just grouping everybody together as opposed to saying, hey, I'm gonna deal with Jackson and I'm gonna see how Jackson reacts. I'm gonna see how he is. Instead of, oh, he got a beard, he a big dude, he probably out here fucking bitches. It's like, we just we just group everybody the same. Oh, it's like, shit. why don't you just get a chance to know who and Jackson is a Trudeau, bro. That's all hey. I'm hey. Trudeau, listen, bro. Listen, I, I listen, haven't had, The listeners want to know, sir. I'm going to tell you, all, the last time I had sex was like last June. So. <laughs> There's that. No, no bitches. No fucking. <laughs> but. <know>. <laughs> Yeah, you look at look at y'all, nigga. Y'all can't even know what the fuck to say no more. Damn, nigga, cut your beard off, nigga. You I ain't waste, nigga just out here wasting beard, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> nigga just wasting beard, nigga. Fuck is you doing? Hey, girls, he's not just wasting beard. He's wasting beard and height. Okay, this nigga's like six two. Beard oh, and height, just a whole waist. What are you doing? Oh my god. <laughs> Like and and hey girls, like I I follow Jackson on on social media, especially and I live for his rants. Um, that's why he's not fucking. It's the rants. Y- y'all got no. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not a Kevin Samuel. But not disrespectfully. No, just truthfully. That's yes. And, and I will say this, and to keep it, and thanks, Jackson, for us back to Kevin Samuels, because y'all know I'll go where the conversation takes us, and I'll be like, damn, I need to rename the show now. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this. <clears throat> the same way that you said that women have the option to go and look and see what's going on, how men think, how men talk, how men are feeling, because that's the thing that we were not really privy to, because it was not popular for men to talk about their feelings and their frustrations is the same way that men could have went to the Derek Jackson to see women's frustrations and stuff like that. <laughs> these two were the same. These two men were cut from the same cloth. They were cut from the same cloth. into the spectrum. And then, but the problem with that was is that he pandered y'all. I'm sorry, Kevin Samuels didn't pander y'all? I don't agree with Kevin Samuels, though. A lot of, I'll just say this. A lot of men don't agree with Kevin Samuels. Like I said, if a Kevin Samuels came into the barbershop, we'd be like, ah, yeah, he don't get no yam. But women were like, Derek Jackson, a Derek Jackson disciple was like, girl, I'm going to buy you his book. Girl, you know what I'm saying? So it was two different things. It's not like- Thanks, friends, for never buying me the book. I didn't want it. Well, go ahead. <laughs> with, I, 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 but I do agree with you. I feel like if you listen to Kevin Samuels, you needed to go listen to Derek Jackson. I wasn't one of the Derek Jackson bashers at all. I felt like, I understood what they were doing. Same way I understood what Kevin Samuels was doing. I think they both came online. They both made a point. People listened. And they were like, oh, shit. Let me do this again tomorrow. Oh, shit. More people listening. I think it got from up under them a little bit more than it should have. Like Derek Jackson. Derek Jackson would tell a woman it's her fault that she fucked three niggas in the same night. That her man 
should have been home and not working. He would have been <laughs> way out to make money and be home with her. That's not, but that's not what, what my man is doing, except for the weight shit and all that. So, and, and here's my thing. That's why I say they were two men cut from the same cloth and everything. Ultimately, I don't think either one were completely genuine as far as their platform. Right. However, I do see where both of them had value that they added to the platform. Like for women, you know, they felt seen. And then for Kevin Samuels, for men, men started feeling seen. And like when you take a step back and like I actually had to take a step back and put my HR hat on and not my Erica hat, not my brown girl hat, not my black woman hat. I had to put my HR hat and look at just the facts. At the end of the day, you can, I can respect both of them because people just want to be seen. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. And we are so busy as a culture and not just black folk, but just in the time that we're in today, everybody's just talking and no one's listening. Listening. And when you have somebody that's speaking some of the things that you want to be heard and that you want to say, and then people are listening, they're, they're, they're validating what you, what your experiences are. They're validating how you feel and not for nothing. If you've gone forever without having any type of validation for your emotions, your feelings and experiences, when you get it, it's like, yo, that's what I wanted. And, and, and that's the thing. And, and Hey guys, like it's, it's definitely a void in the, in the thing. And so the Brown girl experience is definitely going to jump in there. Um, I'm going to be the person to, to bridge these conversations between men and women. I, I honestly think it is a value to having these type of conversations where not at this whole time, we were talking for almost an hour or more than an hour, not one of us attacks either one of us. And I didn't agree with, with some of the shit y'all said, and y'all didn't agree with some of the shit that I said, but no one disrespected each other on this platform tonight. And these are the type of conversations we need to have more of. But you That's know, I want to, it's crazy with oh, what you're just saying with that. Most men, and I, most men, we don't, we just want to have this, we just want to have this, we don't want to attack y'all. We're not, we understand where y'all come from. We just want y'all to understand where we're coming from. We don't want to argue with y'all and do all this. We just want y'all, we want, just here, understand where we coming from. We want, I mean? Y'all want us to listen. Want us to listen. And not, most times, y'all don't. We don't y'all listen. listen to, y'all listen to, to respond. respond. And, it, you know, that's why most motherfuckers be like, fucking, you know, you got it. Let her win. We'll just let you win. Like, you got it, yo, because you're not listening to hear me. So right. we don't want it. We don't, we don't want to do the arguing back. Like you said, we're not here to attack y'all. The Kevin Samuel disciples, man, are like a, a small, minute group. It's not what most men think. 90, I would even say 99% of the men don't think this way. Okay. To be so honest, we, to be honest with you, <laughs> I I I think I honestly think the genius in his platform actually was the language. Because and and hear me out. Because I hope I hope that this episode does hundreds of thousands and hundreds of millions <laughs> numbers, right? Mm-hmm. But kind of, sort of, the, the, the ironic part about just like the whole culture of like dating and relationships, especially on the black people side, is like when, it's almost like when things are too cordial, nobody, it, it's not exciting enough. It's not, it's not exciting enough to really light a fire to make somebody be like, girl, go listen, go listen, go listen to that. Right. Go, go listen to this amazing, respectful conversation that they had and they and they made 
crazy, amazing, uh, valid points on both sides of the argument. Like you got to go listen to that. Right. That's not, the, the genius of the genius of his platform. Kind of, sort of was the language, the disrespectful the, language, and the, disrespectful the shock jock factor. Because if that you gotta you gotta speak the language that that niggas understand. Mm. Niggas That's under it. niggas understand toxic, <clears throat> stupid, dumb, ignorant ass fucking shit that show up on the shade room. That's what niggas understand. That's what it's like. We, especially in the Kevin Samuels conversation a lot, right? The, one of the number one things that comes up is like, not whether what he said was right or wrong or true or false was, it's always about the delivery. Imagine if he didn't deliver it how he did, would we even be talking about homework? Yes. Will, we, will we even be having think pieces and conversations and town hall meetings about, about, what he said because of how he said it like to me that's what that was the fucking butcher knife that knifed through all of the bullshit for to get women to listen mm. you know what i'm saying because like if you having cordial conversations and women don't listen if you haven't if you're making valid points and every rebuttal for a man's valid point is nigga you gay nigga you don't get no pussy Nigga, you broke. You ain't got no money anyway. That's why. If you broke, just say that. You got mommy daddy. If you gay, just say that then. Like, if if that's the rebuttal that you get and every time that you have a civil conversation, then maybe we got to be a little uncivilized. But you know what? Our culture sells trauma no matter what it is. And we buy that shit. We buy it. Every every fucking trip. We buy, we purchase it. At full price. Think about an athlete. An athlete can't be an athlete. An athlete and a rapper can't be an athlete or a rapper unless they come from trauma. My mama didn't feed me. My daddy disappeared. Loving hip hop, trauma. Kevin yeah. Samuels, trauma. We sell trauma. That's the business we're in as black people. That's what we are buying. We're not, look at the Kardashians, nigga. You ain't never seen trauma on their show. They show happiness. We don't, we don't buy that. We, not, we, not, we don't buy us being happy. We not we'll buy them being happy, but we won't buy us being happy. So, like you said, the Derrick Jacksons, all those niggas, they sell trauma. There's a Derrick Jackson right now and a Kevin Samuels right now that doesn't that doesn't do all the shit that says the same exact things, but doesn't say it in the same exact way. That's what I was asking too. Right yeah. Honestly, it is Jackson. It is Jackson. You Jackson gonna start tiling show. Fuck you, you bitch. Make hose behind you or something, bro. <laughs> it's so popping. You got some titties on the show. Or something. Yo, this guy has some whole slap boxing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta start my show off with bitches, bitches, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> they like the fuck. Yeah, you know, and and that and unfortunately, that's that's really what it comes down to, and and that just goes to a lot of brokenness that we all are experiencing that is just unaddressed. You know, our traditions are trauma. Our traditions that we have embraced are trauma, and we're the generation now. Like I'm in my 40s, going to therapy for the first time, for real. You know, these I'm I'm talking to people more across the board that are really trying to break these these chains and everything that we've been tied to for generations. And, and, but it's what we know. So it's what we know is what we identify with. And it's, it's, you know, it tastes great. <laughs> it's like, it's soul food to us and everything, 
but I am going to have to wrap it up because I will sit here and talk to y'all for another two hours. Um, so I'm going to have you guys all leave a gem that you want women to know from a man's point of view, drop a gem for us. Who going go, go, yeah, go first. For all the women that are dating, listen, um, I think one of the, the main things that I saw, and I think it comes from both sides, not just the women's side, that um, you have to date, you have to come, when you come go to date, look to date, look to see what you bring to the table, bring what you're bringing than what, more than what you're getting. I think a lot of time people are looking for more of what they're going to get out the situation than what they're going to actually bring to the situation. We got to go back to the old, if you want, if you're looking, if you're a woman that's looking for, or man looking for that partner, that love, you have to look what you bring to the table. You have to look and be more, more worried about what you bring than what you're getting. Okay. And Sean, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you too. All right, so uh, you can see me acting up on, uh, you can go to my business page for some regular content. But if you want to see me act like a nigga, you can go to, uh, so my business page is Lizzie Lynn Hair, and you can meet me on my regular page, Sean underscore Lizzie Lynn underscore Watson on Instagram. All right, that's why I, I watch you. I think I act up a little bit on Facebook. They keep keep putting me in jail, so. <laughs> what I say on that, John, man? All right, Jackson, go ahead. Drop that gem and where we can find you. That's funny. Um, my gem, I guess, would be for for women. Treat men like they're like they actually are complex. Uh, because we're we're not we're not just men. We're human, and I think all human beings are complex. And complexity demands patience, and like because you got to figure complexity out. You know what I'm saying I, I I think too many times there I think I think there's so much more to men than women give us credit for mm. you know what I mean so so and as a result they don't really seem to really spend a lot of time really trying to figure out all of our nuances and, and caveats and our complexities because they don't maybe they don't believe that we're complex maybe they actually believe that we are this super simple, you know, avatar that has always been like, that we've been portrayed as. And I think that there's just a lot more to, to every individual man. Like we all, like my, my, my homie said, like treat people as individuals, you know what I'm saying? And if you treat people as individuals, it's gonna take you some time. It's gonna take you some time to figure them out, figure out what makes them, what makes them happy, what makes them upset, what triggers them, what makes them, angry what calms them down like all of that you know what i mean and i think that's when you really find out who that person like really is so that'll be my gym man just treat men like they complex because they are and uh you can find me at jackson 1616 j-a-x-o-n 1616 uh the name of the podcast is one mike stand it's uh the word one underscore the word mike underscore the word stand underscore and if you need any video work done, uh, video production, I also edit as well. But I shoot videos, edit videos. I do everything pre-production, actual production, post-production, uh, notjacksproductions.com, N-O-T-J-A-X, notjacksproductions.com. Check me and out. he's award-winning. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I, uh, I won an Emmy in 2021 for a documentary on Negro League Baseball. 
a century of change go check that out as well but yeah i, I have a uh i have an emmy i'll be forgetting that shit i appreciate y'all i don't need congratulations, congratulations bro thank you thank <laughs> you congratulations on that <laughs> and this is the second podcast you forgot to plug that too oh damn like i <laughs> You, I mean, you a, I really nigga, don't. You are, yo, you are fumbling the bag, bro. I know. Nigga, <laughs> uh, you're about to leave with nigga. I'm Emmy O. Uh, <laughs> I know. I can be getting. I should be. I'm fucking fucking leaving everything. the table right now. That man got. That man got too much humility. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I'm fucking it up. I just, I just won this little ass award. <laughs> yeah, you know. Don't let me win an award like that, because let me tell y'all something. Yeah. Oh, you gonna see nigga? Me you? Oh, you gonna see nigga? I'm walking around my shirt off, nigga. I want an Emmy, nigga. Talking about. And and you will always address me as such. All right. Award winning. Yeah. Go ahead, Lance. Drop your gem for us. So for me, I would say. Stop listening to all these people on the internet. It's way too many people talking. It's too many people that got platforms that don't know what they're talking about. My advice would be any person you're dealing with, just get to know that person, get to know their love language, get to know what makes them happy, get to know what makes them sad, what they like to talk about, <clears throat> work on things like that. Don't focus on what, what men, you know, all this stuff about what you're hearing, just focus on the one person you're dealing with or the multiple people you're dealing with. I don't know how many people you're dealing with, but if you're dealing with three or four people, that could be complicated, but get to know all three and four as opposed to sitting back reading books about people who don't know what the hell they're talking about. And you can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and bring us home. Um, <clears throat> and I'm going to have this gem for, for the men and the women. I think it's something that everybody can use. Um, go ahead and take that time to figure out what you need and everything. Take the time to figure out what you need. A lot of us, we are out here, you know, living by relationship goals that we see on TV, living by goals that we see our parents, or our aunties, or our grandparents had. This is a brand new time. This is a brand new day. So go ahead, take that step back, define what you need. And sometimes you got to define what you need by defining what love actually looks and feels like to you. Because once you know what it looks like, what it should feel like to you, and then you start lear learning, like, you know, piggyback off of skinny, what am I bringing to the table? You know, am I an honest person? Am I a loyal person? Am I a hard worker? You know, talk about, you know, piggyback off of what Jack said, like, treat someone as if they're as complicated as you. Like, and, and go try to figure out the layers, because let me tell y'all something. And this one, this one is here exclusively for the women. If you've ever taken the time to peel back the layers on a man, and he lets you get into that very core of every layer that he's peeled back, you will have not only one of the best relationships you've ever had, but one of the best friendships that you've ever had. Because men don't get that option on an everyday basis. I've experienced it. I've ruined a man that I did that to. Um, and that's one thing, like if I ever had to regret anything in life is I took the time to do all of that just to be like, nah, ain't it. That's not for me. And why did that happen? Because I didn't know what I wanted first. I knew what it should look like, what a relationship should look like based off of everything that I've seen. And so I did just that. And then I was like, eh, I don't want it. So yeah. So take the time, figure out exactly what you need 
in a partner, exactly what you need in a relationship, and then exactly what kind of person that you're going to be in a relationship. Because that way, now you're looking at people and you're dating people based off of compatibility and not just what they can give you. So that's my gem. Um, As always, you can find everything Brown Girl Experience related going to www.browngirlexperience.com. Podcast is on every platform. We're on Amazon. We're on, not not Stitcher. We're on Amazon. We're on, what's the green one that everybody goes to? Uh, (laughs) Spotify, (laughs) Um, iHeartRadio, iTunes, like wherever you can find podcasts, you could definitely find a Brown Girl Experience. So Cocktails and Conversations, we're back for now. Um, you know, I'm going to be as consistent as I can be. My inconsistency is my consistency, but I promise you that I will do this at least twice a month with guests. So that's my story. That's the post. That's all I got for y'all. I want to thank these men for coming on here and talking shit with me and really just going where the conversation takes us. Anytime that I can get people being transparent and vulnerable at the same time and still keeping it funny. That's a good day for me. So thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. And I'll talk to everybody later. Bye. Bye. Good night. You know, you got to. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.